0: welcome to the geek podcast where we have answers for your questions i'm void and i'm here with my co-host Beege. they're probably bad bad answers not bad questions you guys gave us great questions today is yes you did Part one of our Q&A episode. Here's what happened. We had no questions and I put out the the bat signal. I put out the call. I did something on all of our channels at the same time and suddenly everyone came out of the woodwork and now we have enough questions for two episodes, which has literally never happened before.
1: And I don't doubt that it could be broken into three as uh, we're recording this early. From where uh, we usually do and where y'all are listening to it, there are still questions coming in as of last night when I looked.
0: Yeah, so I think what's going to happen is you guys are going to get this right around Thanksgiving for part one. And then we're probably going to do a part two uh, sometime leading into the Christmas holiday break to give us an extra week off. We always record some of those early anyway. So I'll figure it out from a scheduling perspective. But we got to kick this off because we have so many questions. So... Um, <laughs> I thanks to everybody. I didn't get whose came from where because there were literally so many this year that like I just couldn't. Um, But thank you for everyone who sent in questions. These were great. And we're going to go pretty quick because there's a lot. So with all that preamble out of the way, let's get into it. Questions. Uh, I'd love to hear about what you've done for mindfulness and meditation practice during 2020 and what impact it's had on you.
1: I have not done nearly as much as I'd wanted to. I'd intended to do yoga every day and meditate for at least a little while. That hasn't happened like I've wanted, but during the last few months, during the end of this election cycle, and uh, just the stress of new seasons coming and the time change, even if I can take... Five minutes 10 minutes to be able to do it i see a huge difference in just my heart rate going down my calmness and ability to sleep through the night so if y'all can do anything like headspace 10 percent happy or whatever even for just a few minutes i've noticed that it helps exponentially to not doing it at all yeah
0: for me i i haven't done enough this year for like meditation and mindfulness specifically um So I I need to make more time for that. That might be one of my like, not goals, but part of my theme for next year. I know I've talked about doing a theme per year instead of a goal. But what I have done that's like ancillary to this is that I've worked really hard at getting regular exercise as part of my routine. And that has been one of the best things I've done all year. So it's kind of it's close to mindfulness. Um, It's not exactly meditation, but exercise has been hugely beneficial. Okay, next question. What is your favorite video game character of all time?
1: So I may be cheating on this one. Like, I don't know, man. Um, so I I actually picked my priest from WoW, uh, Lezer Heel, and I know that's not the kind of answer they intended, but I probably have more connection and attachment to him. Than any other character out there like i've played with that character i know that character in and out and so like i think he's my favorite i mean other than that if you're talking about like fictional canon characters i actually think maybe darth revan from knights of the old republic like he's just really cool i mean there's always mario but i mean i i go back and i'm like when i think of it automatically darth revan comes into my mind
0: Cool. Yeah. For me, it's I think it's just Mario. Mario, probably. Um, he's classic, and it just kind of hits me right in the nostalgia. And that whole Mario platformer series has always been important to me. That's where I land on yeah. it.
1: What video game
0: world would you most like to live in?
1: One hundred percent Animal Crossing. Everybody is nice and kind, and you 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 just you're all friends. It it's people making good lives for themselves, and even with Slumlord Tom Nook, you don't even have to pay him back. He's just <laughs> Kind of there. Uh, he's like, yeah, you don't get any more until you pay it back. I'm like, okay, we're still friends, Tom Nook. So Animal Crossing, 100%. Yeah, Let's I, be friends.
0: I don't have a specific world, but somewhere that I can manipulate the economy so that I come out on top. <laughs> like, I just, I'm systems driven, right? If you give me somewhere that, like, the real world is hard to manipulate, like, that kind of thing, give me, give me a game world where I can just come on top by manipulating the systems, and I will be happy. Um, okay, uh, what one piece of gaming advice that you would give to your younger self?
1: honestly probably spend less time on mmos i've spent so much of my life sitting in front of a computer playing and grinding and raiding and stuff i would probably tell myself not to do that
0: i would just say for myself make more lists um i do that now but it took me a long time to realize how beneficial that was for me and to like kind of clear my headspace because i know i have stuff written down somewhere so yeah make more lists um what's your favorite movie of all time
1: This one was hard for me. Um, As much as I love Star Wars, those aren't like the first ones that come to mind. I think Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory is my favorite one. The Gene Wilder uh, movie from the 70s. That but it also came really close to Jurassic Park that when we started our rewatch recently uh, a few months ago, it was like, oh, my God, I know every line of this movie like by heart. It's it's so good. So probably Willy Wonka or Jurassic Park.
0: I don't really have one. Like, I don't really rewatch movies often. I mean, I do a little bit, you know, maybe I could pull out the crutch and just lean on the Star Wars movies, but like that's a series and I don't know, that's a cop out. So I don't really have like one specific movie that I would say is my favorite. Sorry, I don't have a good answer. Um, if you were given a dog right now, what would you name it? Sight unseen.
1: Veronica, uh, Jennifer, I've talked about that when we were planning on having kids, that was probably going to be the uh, the name if we had a girl. So if it's a female dog and I had to just like name it, probably veronica
0: i would probably name it something dumb without having seen it um i need to actually meet an animal to name it so that's where i land for real um next one is for me specifically what is your favorite plant um this is hard there's a lot of plants in this room and i know i've talked about my wife has lots and lots of plants i would say probably that one right there it has green leaves so (laughs) yeah that's my one um (laughs) what has been the best thing about 2020 for you
1: uh that i'm i'm still upright and breathing I don't know. It's been a, uh, a year and I'm, I'm still here. Like I'm, I'm not, I'm not crazy. Uh, I upped my medicine. Uh, I'm, I'm still sane, married and employed. I'm, that's pretty, pretty much it.
0: (laughs) um i going back to what i said earlier just making exercise a regular part of my routine that is the best thing that has happened to me all year i i'm going to try to do that honestly just forever now until i die which is hopefully long long in the future but yeah making that part of my routine has been huge um okay would you ever ride a hoverboard you said you're just going to copy my answer okay i'll just give my answer i said actual hoverboard yes uh, the thing that is called a hoverboard in our current society, which is actually just a rolly thing on wheels and a motor.
1: No. Yeah, for real. It's like if I were back to the future Two hoverboard. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Let's let's do that. Like whatever these things are. No. Yeah. OK. Uh, someone just
0: bought their first gaming computer after being a console gamer their whole life. Um, It's like a whole different language. What are the big things I should know and what games are must haves on PC?
1: So for me, it's uh, learning about like what middle of the road graphics cards and specs are just so that you know where you stand on cutting edge AAA games versus older ones and ones that are made to work on most platforms most most computers and then hook up an xbox controller and if you're just getting into uh, pc gaming uh, a lot of the must plays in my mind are older uh, computer rpgs crpgs and so you can go to like gog.com and look at a lot of the most popular games there and what they get on sale all the time And they tend to be classics that you can't buy anywhere else. Um, I'm doing the same thing right now, actually. Uh, I just went and bought Baldur's Gate games. Uh, I never really gave them a real fair shot. Uh, And also Warcraft 2. Like, that's kind of the classic PC game to me that when I think about, like, growing up, the one that stuck with me the most is Warcraft 2. Though I think some people would say that that's Warcraft 3 for them.
0: Yeah. Um. I don't think there's really any like must play games anymore on PC that aren't on console, unless you go back like fifteen or twenty years. So the kind of stuff exactly. you're talking about, right? Um. But the one thing I will say, and I'll double down on here, what you said is absolutely 100 hook up a controller to your pc so that you have that as an option as you're playing games um i would recommend doing an xbox one controller because that's what i'm using right now um i've used a bunch of different pc controllers over time and it's my favorite right now it's a fantastic controller but literally just like hook up any controller to a pc so you have that as an input option and you will thank me later it's fantastic yeah
1: yeah. yeah, the main thing, the reason we say Xbox controllers is because Microsoft has dedicated software for them, like it's built into Windows to use them, and the Xbox One doesn't even need anything but a Bluetooth uh, connection, which most games or most computers have nowadays. Yeah, I just love that controller, too. It's great. Um, if you could interview it's-
0: or sit down with and chat with anyone in the gaming industry, like creator, dev, voice actor, literally anyone, who would it be and what would you talk about?
1: I'd like to sit down with the writing team and creative team, but behind Knights of the Old Republic, like that was one of the very first times that star Wars got expanded beyond the, the normal trilogy and the normal era that we see. So they kind of had a clean slate of what they could do and the stories that they could tell. I would love just to have a huge round table discussion with them about that process, about coming up with it and what, you know, what it was that drove them to do what they did with it yeah um
0: for me i would want to talk to phil spencer the head of uh, xbox at microsoft right now i would love to just talk to him about the changing business models behind video games i mean talk about game pass but just like the whole industry in general and the way that it's going and trends and the strategy behind it like i want to have that like business strategy discussion i would find that so fascinating
1: It's so funny listening to that, that you and I are so you can see where we stand in terms of just our lives and interests there, where I'm all about narrative and story and wanting to know behind that. And you're the business guy who works in uh, marketing, wanting to know all of that stuff. It's it's so fun to me to see that uh, that always comes out when we do questions like this. Yeah. Yeah. That
0: would be a very fun conversation for me. Um, Okay, if you could only play three games for the rest of your lives, which would you choose? World of
1: Warcraft. Yep, that doesn't Uh, surprise me for you. Just keep going back. At this point, I've given it 16 years of my life, and uh, I figure that as long as those servers are up, I'm going to be playing it in some capacity. Um, I would guess some tabletop RPG, maybe GURPS, uh, because like, it gives infinite possibilities to play anything that you would ever want. Uh, like, I wouldn't even say Dungeons & Dragons because you can't do sci-fi or anything else, but uh, GURPS is the generic universal role-playing system. So probably that, uh, and then Mario Kart. Because Mario Kart. Yeah, those are good.
0: Um, I tried to think about like different game types and then figure out what would fit into that. Right. So I went like something live service that's always changing and constantly updated. So probably Fortnite I'd have to slot in there. Um, hmm. I'd probably do an MMO just because I know it'll be around for a long time. It's a way to interact with people and socialize. Um, for me, I don't think I would go back to WoW, even though I've dabbled occasionally. So for me, this is probably Final Fantasy XIV. Um, and then just picking like a video gamey video game that I can go back to over and over and I have not run out of interest in yet. Um, I would pick Hitman 3, which is not out yet. But I'm picking that one because... When that comes out, it will have Hitman 2 and Hitman 1 in it, and it will be the complete collection of their World of Assassination trilogy, which I absolutely love. Um, Hitman 1 and 2 are some of my favorite games of all time at this point. So yeah, that's, that's my choice for that one. Uh, if you got a chance to experience any game for the first time again, what would that game be?
1: So I thought about this a bunch because like I've I, I, like you think back, it's like, man, I'd love to play that for the very first time again. And I thought about being an RPG where I didn't know the story, like Final Fantasy IX or something like that. And then I remember, like, honestly, I think it would be World of Warcraft because when in 2004, when this game came out, I remember mine and all of my friends' minds being blown just by how much better it was than all of the rest of the stuff. Like, if I could get into that mindset of seeing that as such a revolutionary game, I would do that. Or, you know, Ultima Online back with my friends, or EverQuest when we first started playing it, just that kind of online world. Basically, any persistent world for the first time i would love to experience that again
0: yeah that's cool um i think for me it would probably have to be one of the final fantasy games for how much that series has like had an effect on my life or a mario platformer because that's been a consistent in my in my gaming career and in my life um i think i lean more final fantasy so if i had to pick one maybe final fantasy 9 because it's one of my most favorite of all times and to get that fresh again would be fantastic i got that Yeah. Um, Okay. this listener said, I know you have answered this before, but how do you guys find time to play games so much between balancing work, kids and spouses? I think they were basically asking for like an update since we've touched on this in the past, but it's been a while. Um, They also said, I find that it's hard lately since having a kid and my wife um, to have the same schedule that they used to have. So kind of how do we balance that? I'm paraphrasing a little bit here.
1: Uh, for me, playing with my wife helps. Uh, finding games that we can share and finding games that she likes where I can watch her play has really helped me. Like we can talk and interact while doing stuff. And uh, like she's been playing Pumpkin Jack lately, uh, which is a, a new indie game on the Switch. And when she gets to a platforming part that frustrates her, I can generally take over and do it. Uh, even if it frustrates me, I just have more experience doing that, that kind of thing than she does. Uh, playing on handhelds, really helps being able to suspend whenever and wherever I am and uh, play without worrying about taking the TV or being locked onto uh, the single screen is really really useful and uh, honestly I use games as a break during the day while I'm working I'm really lucky to be able to work from home where I can have a game in one monitor and then tab out while I'm working and uh, get to a point where I need a break with my brain and tab back in and play for just a little while and then go back and actually get my work done uh that is a really good way for me to do a lot of the stuff that i've been doing um i game a lot that way more than anything else probably because i have all of my writing in one monitor then when it's just like if i type one more word about wordpress i'm going to lose my mind i can tab into uh, final fantasy 14 or wow or Fortnite or whatever i've got on the other monitor yeah, my my answer
0: is very different than that. Um, But my job is different, too. Right. So I my honest answer here is I just don't sleep much during the week, which is not necessarily the best thing. But it's it's what I do. Like, that's my honest answer is I average maybe four to five hours of sleep on most weeknights. And that's oh just kind of where I land. And it's because my day starts at like 5 a.m., And, uh, I go and I work solid. I don't really get a break during my work day. Um, sometimes I'm lucky enough to like go for a quick walk over lunch, but that's about it. And then I get home and I immediately go into dad mode and help with the kids, see my wife, do all the nighttime stuff. So typically, um, during the work week, I start my day at 5am and I don't actually have anything that could even remotely be considered free time until like 9pm most nights. Some nights it's more like eight if I'm lucky, but most nights it's like 9pm. So, the options are you either just don't ever have free time or you don't sleep. So that's the trade off I make. I just sleep a lot less during the week.
1: And I understand that completely. Not having kids uh, really does help me that way where my free time is, is more free. And uh, I I shouldn't even say more free, uh, more up to me to decide how to spend that as opposed to, uh, to, to, you know, spending time with my kids. And so I totally get that. And for me, uh, Sleep is so important, and it's so important for Jennifer uh, with both of our anxiety disorders that uh, if we had four or five hours of sleep every night for an extended period of time, that would be a mental health issue for us. So uh, there's no way I could actually survive on that. So I'm much kudos to you for being able to like that's Something that I wish I could do again like I did in college, but I cannot now.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess another way to put my answer is how do I do it through sheer force of will? And I just I make it happen. <laughs> uh, I I say that a lot, but it's also kind of true. OK, um, before we dive back into more questions, we're not going to do a whole mid break like we normally do. But we always like around the holidays to call out the fact that um, reviews are so helpful for us as a podcast. We don't ask for them every week because that gets annoying. But this is the one time of year where it's. Hey, give us a review if you haven't five stars, hopefully, or whatever the top rating is that you can do in whatever podcast app that you're listening in. Um, But reviews help a ton. It's how people can find us. Um, They make us happy, too. So if you haven't ever given us a review, please do it like right now, because if you don't in the middle of the episode, the chance that you're going to remember to do it later is almost nothing. So Christmas gift or I guess Thanksgiving gift, because this is probably coming out for Thanksgiving, uh, a review would be amazing. So Thank you in advance for
1: that. It would be wonderful. They are crazy useful. Uh, it's one of the few things that I, I mean, not few things. One of the things I learned at Podcast Movement was listening to people and talking. Is they, they read reviews. They look at the star ratings. So it would be wonderfully helpful for y'all. Yeah, exactly. Okay, back to questions.
0: Uh, would you guys ever consider doing a short D and D or SWRPG Star Wars RPG campaign uh, with listeners for a few sessions? Um, and then another question; these all kind of go together, so I grouped them together. Have you ever thought about doing a D and D podcast? Because they think it would be interesting. Um, and then I've made a note here. We actually got a lot of questions around this topic. So the I think most people are looking at like where do we land in terms of like a live play podcast? Would we ever do it? Would the network ever do it? All that kind of thing.
1: Okay, so so I'm going to try to break this down just a little bit. Um, we do have some live plays on the network. Uh, we have Bama Shocks uh, doing King of the Heel. They do that live. Uh, you can check that out at his uh, Twitch channel, uh, Twitch.tv/BamaShocks. You can also uh, listen soon. Uh, there should be uh, a new show on the network coming up uh, called As the Dice Roll, which is going to be a live play podcast um, using GURPS. Uh, we've had that one in the work for a while, in the works for a while, and uh, that is done by todd from over at the nerdberg review Uh, so you can listen to that and you can can wait on that we do have on discord right now as i'm recording this there are talks of doing some of the episodes or doing some sessions and games maybe monthly with uh with a particular set of people uh from the community i don't know if that's going to be streamed i don't know how open that kind of thing is uh but we are approaching this in different ways. Um, I would love to be able to do it regularly, uh, have streams do that kind of thing. Um, I think it would depend entirely on scheduling, uh, getting the right group together and deciding what kind of show or campaign we would want it to be uh, so that we uh, made sure that we we're going either like the critical role route of having it more gameplay focused versus more adventure zone, which is more narrative and uh, polished editing focus. Uh, we would talk to y'all about what you wanted and, uh, with each other on what we're capable of, but, um, yes, kind of, sort of, and go listen to those already. Uh, <laughs> I guess is my answer.
0: That's a good answer. Um, Where I land on it, and you and I have talked about this a bunch because both of us, I think, would like to do it at some point. I would love to, but I just don't have the time in my schedule to do this the way that I would want to. And I'm not willing to do it another way because, like, I would want to prepare for it. I'd want to, you know, produce it. I want to record it. I want to be the editor on it. Um, I would... I, I know how I would want to do it, and I wouldn't be happy if I did it another way. So I just can't get this into my schedule. You know, maybe someday in the future when I have free time. But um, this kind of goes into the next question here. Like now that you – and I'll – uh, let me come back to my answer. The next question is, uh, now that you've been doing the podcast for five years, what have you learned, especially around production process? So prep, planning, post, editing, what are some epic fails that you've had to laugh about? That kind of thing. Um, so to come back to the question about the Live Play podcast, um, when we do this podcast, I have gotten my my total like kind of commitment of what it takes to get this podcast done in a week it takes me about four hours, you know, between recording, editing doing the show notes and preparing, uh, planning ahead and then like getting the posting up and running. And that's really good because when we started, it probably took me about eight hours a week to do this podcast Mm -hmm. all in. And that's one of those things that we've found over time is like, I've gotten faster at editing it because we don't have to edit as much because you and I have this rhythm that both of us just intrinsically understand now. So There's a lot less editing than there used to be, and I also just kind of have it down to a science, right? So I've really tightened up my processes, and the podcast takes me less time each week. That being said, that's four hours. That's really, really efficient four hours, right? That used to be eight. If I were to do a live play podcast, it would easily take, oh, you know, thinking back about starting at eight hours, it's probably going to take four times that amount of time, For me to actually do everything around it. So it purely becomes a logistical issue. Like I just don't have that much time. Yeah, that's where I land. So how about you going to that next question? What do you feel like we've learned in the last five years?
1: Uh, I've learned uh, I've learned how to and and this is amazing for you guys to listen to this. uh, I've learned how to shut up more. I've learned that I don't have to say everything that I think and learn, like you said, we have a rhythm now where we can we can really jump in back and forth. Um, I've learned to be a lot more comfortable listening to my own voice and just not worrying about what I sound like or how people are going to perceive me. And I've learned that I can wing a lot more as long as I have an outline to go from, that I don't need a lot of things written out uh, as long as I've spent that time thinking about it over the week. Uh, That if I go in completely blind, then I have a problem. But if I have a general outline that I've been able to look at, I don't have to write everything down because I keep all of my stuff uh, in my head bouncing around different answers as opposed to uh, I know you like write out a lot of things over the course of the week. So I spend the time thinking about it and prepping the answers, just not uh, actually typing them into the document.
0: Yeah, and the way it looks in a given week is kind of interesting because like I will – I usually push you like as we're finishing up the previous episode, like what's next week's going to be for a main topic. And we just pick like a direction to go with it. And then you kind of let me do my thing and I will come in and I will make the skeleton of the entire episode. Like I'll make the show notes. I'll make the document. I kind of put down like the main points that knowing you and knowing me what I think that we're going to want to hit on. And then as the week goes on, I come through and I fill in my my part. I really flesh out like my parts of this skeleton of a podcast and yours just stay empty until literally like half an hour before we record and then you like jot some things down and that's kind of how we work but it, it works for us and we've landed there over time
1: and that's how i work in general i know it drives my wife crazy like we we had to learn how to work together on a couple of projects because i am a plan it all out and then do everything that i've thought about where she is like you being a planner and you're planning it and writing it down as you go. Uh, but that's my entire process at work as well. Like I make some notes on a notebook or in a, a Word document or Google Doc or whatever. And then I go and I know the outline of my article going in and I can just do it all straight through. It's uh, just a process I've worked out over time that, that works for me. And thank goodness I have a partner who it works for you as well
0: yeah no like i said we found our rhythm and our structure and it works for us um and then they also asked about epic fails we haven't had any epic fails which i think is really good we did have yeah. one one fail that is worth calling out in our first season
1: <laughs> and i knew it
0: it's only because we learned from it it wasn't epic like i i don't think if you listen to the episode you would know but we know because we know ourselves right yep. and it's we we try to do an episode on I'm not even gonna say what it is, because I'll just leave that vague. Um, We try to do an episode on a very timely topic that everybody was talking about. And we were like, Oh, let's jump on this, right? Like, there's got to be a lot of interest. And people are super excited about this. And we recorded the episode. And what we didn't really realize until afterwards, when I was putting it together in post was that neither one of us was super passionate about it, even though the rest of the Mm -hmm. world was. And what we took away from that is that We don't always have to cover the big thing. We don't always have to cover the most timely thing. What we should cover is what we are interested in that specific week. And so that's where we try to land, right? Like right now, as we're recording, um, the Mandalorian was out last week and we didn't talk about it yet because we want to give it a couple weeks and then we're going to talk about it. Right. It's it, sometimes it's decisions like that of just like delaying a topic for like a week or two or um, suddenly just scrapping a topic idea and pulling up something else that we're just like texting about. Right. Like sometimes you and I will go off on a tear about something completely new. And a day before mm-hmm. we're going to record a show, we will just completely change the topic because we realize like, oh, actually, this is really what we want to talk about. Like this shouldn't be in our yep. e- This should be the main topic.
1: And that's always so much fun because we get in and we're passionate about that like we have thoughts and things that we can say in discussion points where this episode in season one is the only episode out of the you know 250 to 300 we've done at this point that i straight up consider bad there are some that 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 came out better than others but that one's bad and uh it's for you now to go through season one and pick (laughs) out the one that we think is terrible
0: Yep. Yeah, we'll leave that on you guys. Uh, You can hit us up privately in DMs, though, and we will let you know if you're correct. Um, Okay, Uh next question. We spent a lot of time on that one, but it was fun. Um, The two of you have never met in person. If you were to get together for a weekend after COVID, what would you do and where would you want to meet?
1: I was actually thinking that I would like to come to Minnesota and go to the Minnesota State Fair. Oh, that would be fun. uh, I I've, you talk about that bucket of cookies man that uh, I know you don't go to the fair very often but I'd like to go to the fair get some cookies and then come back and play some video games or, or D&D or something
0: I would love to take you to the fair yeah I just said that we'd probably hang out and play video games and like I don't know maybe go for some runs or something like the stuff that we talk about like that's what we would do together nothing extreme yeah. but no now that you have this fair idea I love that I'm all for it like um, that would
1: be so much fun
0: yeah that would be really fun Since members of your network are all over the country, how did you put together your latest ad? Particularly, what was the creative process and meeting like to gather ideas, divide up tasks and scripts, record, edit the final product? Um, I'm going to go first this time because we made Rob do it. (laughs) That's the answer. (laughs) Yeah, Um, that's it. Yeah, if you guys don't know, and if you haven't listened before, we have a podcast on the network called And Sometimes Rob, and it's the podcast that comes out sometimes. Um, If you haven't listened to it before, it's great. I love Rob. He's fantastic. He's one of my old roommates from college, Um, but he basically just spearheaded that whole project, and we made him do it, and he pulled it all together, and he did a great job. Um, I don't know. What else do you have to say about that
1: one? Like the way it, it actually worked out as he wrote a script that gave us all things to say, then we recorded them individually for him to piece together. And that as he pieced those together, he would come back to us and give us director's notes. So it was a it was kind of a delayed asynchronous uh, uh voice acting kind of thing where uh we would record multiple times sometimes but uh, eventually rob got what he wanted out of it like he really did do the voice actor direction thing it was great yeah that was
0: awesome um okay the next one is for me void after getting into magic the gathering arena because of the accessibility of it are there other games doesn't have to be the same type of game um that you wish were more accessible in that type of way so that you could try them out. Um, For me, I think my answer here has got to be MOBAs. So that's a multiplayer online battle arena, if you guys have never heard of it, right? Um, Think League of Legends or Dota, that kind of game. Those are extremely inaccessible. I have played them in the past, but I think that whole genre just needs a lot of accessibility work. So I would love to see that in the future.
1: Yeah, that would be great because that's something I have a problem with. The closest to accessible is Heroes of the Storm, and it is still... Very far from from being able to just jump in and play.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, What are your guys favorite music genres or artists?
1: Uh, I'm still stuck in the 90s and early 2000s because I'm nearing 40. And so that's what happens to your brain. So I uh, listen to a lot of uh, Say Anything and Alkaline Trio uh saves the day uh those kind of things i i tend to uh have fallout boy on a lot of my stuff been listening to janelle Monet recently but uh generally if i'm just going to put something on and play it's either going to be late 90s to early 2000s emo punk or uh heavy metal of some kind tool metallica uh things like that slipknot
0: yeah, for me, uh, Fall Out Boy is my favorite artist, and they're literally the only artist that I could listen to their entire discography just on repeat, and I'd be fine, um, and I do that sometimes. But really, a lot of early 2000s stuff, kind of what you said, not so much late 90s for me, more early 2000s, but I'm a couple years younger than you, and um, music in that kind of Fall Out Boy genre, right? You can speculate from there. Also, techno. I like techno a lot. Um, okay, what are currently your favorite collectibles, figurines, or general geeky items you own?
1: Uh, right now, my wife got me a baby Yoda, uh, last year before there was any, any merchandise out really that I got, uh, that she got me made out of felt. I really like that one. And then I have the brown box, um, I got the brown box Mandalorian black figure, uh, black series figure uh, that that my friend Scott was able to uh, find and send to me. And then just recently, like geeky items, I realized yesterday that I've been collecting uh, a pretty good set of Dungeons and Dragons Fifth Edition books and things. And uh, right now, I'm having a uh, uh, a lot of fun just looking at those on the shelf and <laughs> and table and stuff, and being like, "Hey, that's that's nice." Uh, cool. So those are those are kind of my top ones right now.
0: Yeah, I don't have collectibles and figurines, so this one was kind of weird for me. I had to think about it for a while. Um, I don't really buy things that are actually, like, official merchandise, um, but the I did find my favorite. I just had to think about it for a while. Um, my wife got me a custom set on Etsy that somebody made um, that was embroidered, geekery, like, geeky framed art. So... There's one that's like a Triforce, one that's a Chocobo, and one that's a Green Mushroom. And I love those things, and they're awesome. They're just pieces of art that hang on our wall. So that's why I had to think for a while. It's not like a traditional, like, figurine-type thing, but I like those a lot. Um, For BJ, if you could have any collector's edition of a game that never had a collector's edition, what game would it be?
1: Oh, man. Um, I would honestly say Ultima Online I don't think it ever got one, but that was what got me into online gaming. It may be one of my favorite games that has ever existed. Uh, I would love a big collector's edition of it. And uh, uh, the part of the question is, what would it have? Uh, I know that it would have some sort of of huge like lore tome that uh, Richard Garriott would have written. Uh, I still have uh, two of the manuals from the original game on my shelf behind me, because you can read them they are they are thick books of uh of lore and things like that that come with it and i know for a fact it would have come with an actual hardbound, leather bound uh and gilded book of some kind that explained the history of britannia uh because that's just the way richard Garriott designed games
0: yeah, that one's just for you because I don't get collector's editions. If you could put one director, artist, development team member from any studio onto any other project or series that you choose, what is your dream team?
1: Oh, that one. I honestly don't know. Uh, thought about it and I thought, uh, you know, seeing your answer, of course, uh, makes me really happy. Um, but I will tell you the one that I don't want. I don't want Namura on any more final fantasy stuff, i'm really tired of his games. so if they do anything that's not namira, i'm okay with that. Interesting. So it kind of bleeds into yours, but uh dream team for me is not namira. Yeah, i would take yoshi
0: p from final fantasy 14 and put him on every single mainline final fantasy game forever now because he actually gets them out the door like he is a fantastic producer and the other thing that we've seen is that because of his work on Final Fantasy 14 he really truly gets Final Fantasy as a series and like what the history holds what potential there is and where you can push it and what new things you can do but still kind of pay respect to what came before so I, I want him on every mainline Final Fantasy just going forward. And when I saw the announcement recently that he is working on Final Fantasy 16 as like the producer, it brought me so much joy. And I was like, oh, we're going to get that game in the next two years. Then this isn't like five or 10 years out and it's not going to get into like development hell. Like it's actually going to get done. And with him being there to make sure it gets across the finish line, it gives me so much more hope for that. I just want them to do that for the rest of the series now.
1: And if you look and he's one of them, he's one of my favorite uh, game directors, producers, uh, creators right now, too, because he communicates with his fans like he is constantly putting out documents and, and roadmaps for Final Fantasy 14 directly to the community. And that kind of thing is why I'm so happy he's on Final Fantasy 16 and uh, not Nomura like we saw from the seven remake. What happened with it?
0: yeah totally okay a couple for me and then a couple for you back to back so for me um call a shot how long until we see metroid prime 4 i i think we would have seen it in 2020 if covid hadn't hit but now i think 2021 if i have to call the shot i'm gonna say like 18 months out so let's say Hmm. june of 2021 um and then the other one for me void what new or old games are your kids into these days so the main things on their mind are fortnite roblox minecraft and among us those are like the big four that i still hear about constantly from them and it's funny because they play those first three but they don't actually play among us they just hear about it and talk about it and they watch people play it so they're interested in that one even though they're not actively engaged with it but yeah those are kind of the four main games
1: Um, they're not playing among us because it's free on mobile and cheap on steam i figured that you actually would uh, have them playing it is it because of the communication stuff that you actually have to talk that they're not yeah. playing it yeah a hundred percent we i just don't let them do games that have communication yet someday totally but not it. yet yeah
0: um okay two for you what are your thoughts on the dune books in general
1: and on a new movie coming up Oh, my God. Dune is one of my favorite books. Uh, it may be my favorite book now because I was talking with uh, Steve, Mr. Alarm, on uh, Twitter a while back. And Dune is something apparently I care a lot more about than I thought that I did uh, whenever he started uh a discussion, it was like I had all of these thoughts and feelings about it. And I think they're fantastic. I think Frank Herbert was a genius. I find something in that book every time I go back and reread it. I finished rereading it last week, I think, or the week before, and it is magnificent. There were things I didn't remember. There were new things I noticed. Um, It's just great. The audiobook of it is fantastic as well for anyone who hasn't listened to it. I highly recommend it. It's just acted so, so, so well. Um, I think in terms of the books that I've read, the first four, Four of them, I think. I know I haven't read all of the ones that uh, Frank Herbert wrote, so I haven't gotten into the ones that Kevin J. Anderson and Brian Herbert uh, did, but in terms of the ones that are there, the first one is a masterpiece that you can read, and I have read half a dozen times and still find new things into it. Um, I really think it was six or seven was the number on my reading this time. It is... It is Everyone who likes sci-fi needs to read it. Uh, It is very slow- and it's very political, but it is worth it. The payoff is is just so good. Uh, the second one I look forward to digging back into uh, because as I've talked to people, it's mostly politics. And when I was reading it the first time, it felt solely like a bridge to book three, which is Dune Messiah. Um, Dune Messiah is no Dune Messiah is book two. Children of Dune is book three. Uh, Dune Messiah really felt like it was nothing but a bridge into book three. Uh, book three was amazing that book three was one of those that you read and it's like man I'm so glad I didn't give up on book two uh, and all of that was important to get into this it's kind of like Chamber of Secrets with Harry Potter where it's not a really good book on its own but it's really important to the series uh, that's the way I feel about the second Dune book and I was not excited about the new movie at all because I don't like Timothy Chalamet uh, I hate his face like I just hate hate his face it's like eddie redmayne i hate his face um but after seeing the trailer uh i'm all in like i haven't been to the theater since covid uh i'm scared to go anywhere like i'm taking all the precautions i I can because i've had family members pass away from it and so or a family member pass away from it and uh so i take it very very seriously Honestly, Dune is one of those movies that I'm going to find a showtime that I can go to that will probably have very few people in and go see it in the theater. I cannot wait for it, and I can't think of a single movie uh, that's coming out in the theater that I would do that for uh, except for Wonder Woman and uh, a Black Widow because Jennifer is super excited for those. But Dune, the new movie, I am I'm all in on and cannot wait
0: wow i'll chime in with my two cents here i don't like the books but i'm excited for the movie that's where i land um okay the other one for you is can bj explain to everyone why willy wonka is a psychopath that so that no one picks on them for being terrified of it as a child
1: okay so willy wonka is a complete psychopath um looking at what he does looking at him from a fully narrative standpoint He uh, kind of fits the role of the villain. Uh, You're seeing it from a child's perspective. So you see this as a a kind of playful clown-like man. But when you look at the actual actions that he takes, he is abusing these children. He brings them into his home. He does nothing but torture them uh, to teach them a lesson. It's child abuse. Like He doesn't care that one of the children is drowning in a river and he says, oh, that's all right. Um, he yells at children for misbehaving and basically uh, physically assaults them Uh, he gaslights them into believing that uh, just believing these things he is holding an entire race of people enslaved uh, for what they do to be able to provide them for the things that they need they're unable to subsist on their own outside of that Uh, he is basically everything that a villain uh, exemplifies in pretty much any other piece of literature but if you look at him he is presented as a kind of eccentric and wild uh, kind of fun guy uh, where if you look at it from not the eyes of a perspective of the child if you're looking at from not Charlie's perspective in the book and you try to see it from uh, like Grandpa Joe's perspective you notice the things that you would never do this to children like he might have sent a child to the incinerator and didn't care he's like oh maybe they didn't like that today uh that is uh, absolutely unacceptable and if you see that in a movie that's the kind of thing that makes a uh a villain unredeemable and he is uh apathetic about it and tries to drive these children insane yeah okay well said i agree with all that um Uh,
0: Another one for me here, Void, how is the year of wellness going? I, I think it's going really well. Um, I've settled into a regular exercise routine. I know I hit on that a couple times already, but I feel really great about that. That's probably like the number one thing that I've done this whole year. Um, and then I've lost about 35 pounds in like a really healthy way over the year, you know, like slow and steady, nothing crazy, nothing extreme, which is always a good sign that it'll stick. Um, and then the other thing is I've taken time to get back into reading more than I used to. Um, at this point, I kind of need to start figuring out what I'm gonna do for next year's theme. It might be something more around like, meditation or it might be more reading like physical books because i'm doing a lot of my reading through audible which is working for me but i also would like to get back to that i just haven't quite gotten that far yet but overall again this is where like it's really hard to fail when your year is a theme instead of a goal right i didn't have a theme but i wanted to get better at wellness and i feel like i've done that so i feel really good about how the year has been going Um, last question here to top off this episode, and then again, we'll have a whole second Q&A episode later. Can you define what game types really are? RPG doesn't seem to mean the same thing that it used to. That's kind of the question here. And I don't know, I don't know if I have a good answer for this. Do you?
1: Um, no, because your answer pretty much sums it up. Because uh, one of my favorite things that's happened over the past probably 25 years in terms of of storytelling in general, and this this goes into to again goes into the the question here with RPG. It's that that genre hybridity has become a, much more of a thing that people are accepting a lot more uh, uh, blending in with their their games. Where action RPG, if y'all go listen to our action RPG episode, we can't figure out what an action RPG is. I don't <laughs> think Monster Hunter's an RPG, and I've had people uh, like you know put their you know draw the line in the sand that of course it is. Um, it's it's RPG doesn't mean the same thing it did. But it also means that we can take, we can make it what we want and really uh, dive in on the kinds of games that we want. And people are finally making the kinds of games that pretty much everyone wants in one way or another.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think all the genres are blended now, right? I think that strict genre definitions are just a thing of the past in video games. It doesn't really exist. I mean, we'll still use them as shorthands. We all do, but it's it doesn't mean what it used to mean, right? It's constantly changing. And the other thing that... I've noticed and I feel like I lean on this too when I'm like bringing up a game to talk on the podcast, but I've noticed it from lots and lots of other people who talk about games is that most games that come out these days can be described with a shorthand of it's kind of like X mixed with Y or, you know, X by way of this other thing from Y. And it's it's a really handy shorthand if you are up to date on games and you've been playing a lot of them um but I feel like if you had to stop and like redefine kind of the fundamentals of a game every time you wanted to talk about a new game it would just take way too long you know which is why we we rely on these shorthands but yeah genres genres aren't what they used to be it's kind of interesting
1: now I will say about the x mixed with y I'm a okay. I I get that. I see people do it all the time. I do it myself. The one that really gets on my nerves is that it's like Dark Souls, but this. It's like I'm really, really tired of people saying it's like Dark Souls, but with Zelda. It's like Dark Souls, but with Neverwinter Nights. It's like Dark Souls, but Mario. It's like I'm really, really tired of hearing that.
0: Yeah, you don't like Dark Souls. <laughs> the, no, no, so, yeah.
1: it's, it's just that particular analogy. It's like that one is such a go-to right now. Like, if even if it was like Bloodborne, but this, I think I would be more okay with it. It's just I see that one too much.
0: Yeah, that's fair, I think. Um, cool. That's probably it for our part one of Q&A. Don't forget, you can leave us a review. Uh, we don't ask for those very often, but if you don't remember to do it right now, then you probably won't remember later. So I'm asking one more time for this episode. Leave a review if you haven't left one. We'd love to get those. Um, that being said, you guys can write to us with comments, suggestions, or feedback. Our email address is geek geekcast at gmail.com or reach us on Twitter at geek geekcast
1: we also have great discussions on Slack and Discord. As you can see from this episode, where we got lots of our questions there, uh, you can go to geek2geekmedia.com for invite links. And while you're at the site, make sure to check out all of the other content on the network, blogs, video game reviews, and even our digital magazine, Press Start. I blog at agreenmushroom.com. And you can find me at GRN
0: Mushroom. That's Green Mushroom without the Ease on Twitter. I'm also on the Disney Forever podcast, where we watch and react to a different Disney movie every week.
1: And I'm on Twitter as at Professor Beach That's Beach with two E's. And I also co-host the Dragon Quest FM podcast, a show about the Square Enix RPG series.
0: We've been Void and Beej with your geek to geek podcast. That'll do it for this week. See you next week, geeks. Bye, y'all.